So welcome to the Expert Edge. Today, you are going to enjoy this interview with one of my really good friends, Bob Heilig. Now, Bob runs a multi-million dollar membership program called Legacy Leadership Academy. Uh, he specifically serves uh, network marketers. And what I love about Bob is that he really brings just a level of integrity and service and contribution to his industry, and I think even the expert industry as a whole. And as always, I, I always love to bring people to you that I genuinely believe are a good representation of our industry and are also very successful in the industry. And so in this conversation, we talk all things money. So how how he views money, how he's grown a multi-million dollar membership. Uh, what I love as well is uh, the way he makes his harder decisions because he's, he's one of the people that, that I think out of almost anyone I've met in my life really lives by the values that are important to him and how he makes all of his decisions based around his values. And he, we share it, we talk quite in depth about a framework for doing that. We talk about uh, how to scale up quicker. So if you've kind of been stuck at a certain level, we talk about how he brings more levels of intensity and focus to what he does. And we really talk about uh, his unique approach on his frameworks and ideas and philosophies. And so I think you're gonna really enjoy this episode. I know for me, I'll, I will be listen, listening to it personally because he is someone that I truly respect in this industry on just a whole other level. And so uh, if you find it valuable, please leave a review of just write what's been most valuable. Put a review in there if you haven't yet. And even if you have, please do because uh, it really helps with the rankings for our podcast and helps us to get it out to more people because that's what it's really all about. And so without any further ado, we're going to chat to Bob Heilig. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. All right, Bob Heilig, welcome to the Expert Edge, brother. Thanks, man. I'm excited to be here. Hey, just before we're about to click uh, record, you just literally drunk from the biggest water bottle <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. Like, honest, honestly, guys, you should have seen it. I said, buddy, do you want to drink a water? And he goes, yeah, I've got one here. And he, <laughs> and he picks it up and no word of a lie. It's about uh, 10, 10 foot wide. Yeah. And <laughs> it's pretty incredible, brother. I love it. I think it's like a gallon water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally like, you know how sparklets deliver those six gallon things that you just basically drink from that directly. Well, it's like, it's like the kind of water bottle that you see like the heavy duty weightlifters lugging around in the gym <laughs> when they're working out. Like I, I just have it on my desk at all times or to a painful reminder of how little water I drink throughout the day. Oh, mate, I'm pretty impressed right from the start. And it's probably one of the main reasons why I wanted to bring you on the Expert Edge, brother, yes. is because uh, you live a big life. Yeah, and, I do. Uh, <laughs> you live a big life and I know for us we've uh, known each other for a couple of years now and and uh, done some of the journey together and I'm just I'm honestly excited to share you with my audience uh, and because you know I was saying before like you you are one of the people who I look at in terms of building their life building their family and you, you're the real deal like you you really care about what you do you really care about your customers you really care about your family and your kids and uh, and I just think that there's not enough of that sometimes in this industry. And so I just wanted to acknowledge you right from the start. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. You know, I feel the exact same way about you. That's why I'm doing the show. So <laughs> so good. So uh, we wanted to talk about all things like scaling and building, building a membership. You've built a multi-million dollar membership. Uh, but I know it obviously didn't start there. And so what I'd love to know is, kind of your origin story of like what got you started in this expert industry and what were some of the pivotal factors that brought you into it? Yeah, I, you know, it wasn't uh, by design that I did this. It was out of necessity. Uh, back in 2015, um, I have a background, um, traditional background in medical sales, but I got involved in multi-level network marketing um, back in, uh, shoot, right out of college, but I really seriously back in around 2011. And I got involved with a, a company and I built a, a, 
a successful business that allowed me to walk away from my career in corporate sales. And I was, um, you know, in that profession for five years. And in 2015, I went through a series of events where I actually had two companies that I was working with that one of them closed willingly. That was a complete shock, like out of the blue. Um, and then the, I, I joined a second company that actually got shut down by the FTC in like this crazy high profile, like witch hunt case. I mean, it was like ridiculous, but anyway, I was almost 40 years old at the time. This is back in 2015. I was newly engaged to my wife, Shannon, now at the time, my fiance, and she watched me go through this for the second time in seven months. And I literally was like at 40 years old, um, what am I gonna do with the rest of my life? Um, maybe this is a sign that, that, that there's a different path for me to take. And it was right around that time because of the experience I had in the first company, I wasn't active on social media. I didn't have a brand. My entire brand was that company. So I figured, you know, let me learn a lesson here and not make that mistake again. So I was starting to kind of be interested in this whole idea of building a brand and attraction marketing and being more active on social. And I was kind of throwing myself into that world, learning it. And it just so happened that second company getting closed down coincided with literally, get this, the week before I attended my first ever marketing event in Florida and I joined a mastermind program. I wanted to find an individual in our space. I knew I wanted to focus on network marketing that was doing it successfully. And I joined his mastermind. And a week later, that second company got shut down. So you want to talk about like divine timing of like, are you really in this or are you not? So get it. I mean, I just, you know, I made a multiple five figure investment in this mastermind and my check stopped. And I'm like, okay, I get a decision to make. But to me, I didn't have it. There was no decision because I had to make this work. Now, here's the thing. I'd never done a video in my life, ever. And this little thing called Periscope was somebody told me about. And I remember I literally heard about it at the online, at the event. And I was like, what is it? And they're like, well, it's like live video. And I'm like, well, like, what do you mean? They're like, like, you literally are live talking to people. I'm like, well, who are you talking to? They're like, well, I, I don't know, just people. And I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't understand it, but I'm like, that sounds really powerful. Cause like I immediately got the medium of live video and I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, this is how I'm going to do it. And I woke up the Monday morning after that, my company got shut down and I literally just got on Periscope, no idea of what I was doing, no real vision of what this was going to be other than I just needed to start figuring it out. And I showed up 8am on a Monday morning to five people. I don't even remember what I trained, but I, I made a commitment. I said, I'm going to show up every morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. I'll be here teaching you if you want to show up. And I just started teaching things that I had learned over my career. And I did that for 30 days. And I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning. I was scared out of my mind. But every time I did it, I was, was like one step closer to figuring it out. I wound up doing that for six months. Right. So get this. Here's what you shouldn't do if you want to build an expert business. Show up and serve people for six months straight without an offer to give them on the back end. I literally didn't need, like, people were like, Can I buy something from you? I'm like, I don't know what to sell you. I just focused on building the community for six months. And in January of 2016, I started introducing coaching and courses. Um, and that's when the business actually officially took off. Um, the story goes like this. My first webinar I ever did after six months of just showing up and pouring my heart and soul into just building a community. On that webinar, we did over $100,000 in sales. First webinar. First webinar. So uh, do you reckon a webinar is good? Yeah, not, I mean, it was, it was okay for us. Now people okay. say, you know, what's interesting is people say you did that in one, one webinar in six months. I go, I did that in one webinar after 10 years of building my entrepreneurial yeah. muscles. But that one webinar changed my life and it introduced me to the power of this expert space. And I went all in and um, just focused on trying to figure out the best way to be able to do this. And in that first year, uh, we did uh, over a million dollars in revenue. Wow. And I mean, it, to, to tell you that it was just my, I mean, my wife was just like, what, what's happening? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I just hope it doesn't stop. And I'm like, is it like, can you really make a living doing something like this? And this is coming from a guy that had never done a video before. I had no following on social media. 
I struggled with all the same limiting beliefs most people do, where I'm like, who am I to do this? There's already two or three very established people in our space that had the, the lion's share of the market. And I'm like, you know, who am I to think that I can do it? But I just had faith that if I just showed up and served, I could figure it out. And, you know, and the rest is history. Here we are five years later. And it's, it's just it's still crazy to me that this is like a thing that we can do and get paid for. What, I mean, some of the things that I notice in you, and it's really inspired me uh, on several occasions. <clears throat> One of the things is you bring a lot of intensity to what you do. Uh, so like if you're onto a new thing, whether it's webinars or Periscope or something like that, knowing you and being friends with you for a number of years now, I watch you, you, you literally just, you load the truck up. Like, it's like, dude, I'm doing this every day. Like, it's like the level of intensity that you bring to, to your activity and your work is exceptional. And I know that you show up like that for, for your life as well, your fitness, your family, all that sort of stuff. Talk to me about how, how intensity has um, like, what's your philosophy around when you're really wanting to get something started, you know, because you, 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 that part of that story was you started with no audience and knowing you now, you know, I watch you show up and you'll get on a live or do some sort of, you know, live interaction and you'll have hundreds of people on there. And so I'm curious about your philosophy of how you've, how, how you show up for your audience. Yeah. I think for me, the intensity comes from having a service mindset. I think a big mistake a lot of people make in this space is they, they get so stuck in, in a sales mindset where every single thing they do is nothing more than a calculated way to, to make a new sale. And that actually winds up really showing up. Because if you're giving with an expectation tied to it, I would argue that you're not giving anywhere near your capacity to give. That's giving from fear. See, we teach in our business, we, we teach a philosophy of leadership we call love, serve, grow. And it literally is the way that I've lived my life. And love, serve, grow basically says that um, if, if we understand what it means to put love at the center of our business and our life, and, and love to me really just means belief. It's believing in yourself and your ability that you are worthy and capable and not having to look to the outside world to validate that in you. Most of the people that are in the expert space, they lead with scarcity and fear. And because of that, they have a sales mindset. And fear will never allow you to serve because you always need to get to feel better about yourself. So everything you do is a calculated an attempt to get somebody to say yes, because you literally define your sense of self-worth by the yeses or nos. And, you're, and, and what the shift that begins to happen is there's a really powerful energy and intention shift that happens when you truly don't need people to like you or accept you or say yes to feel any better about yourself. Because when you're not focusing on yourself and you're truly just focusing on how I can best show up and serve people in that moment, you'll give in a way that you've never given before. And that energy that I have truly comes from the fact that I feel a sense of purpose every single time I talk about what I do. Like, I just, I did a podcast interview earlier today and I said this then and I'll say it again. This is literally the most important thing to me in my life right now when it comes to my work is talking to you because I always come from a place of service and I'm always connected to the fact that there may be one person that listens to this that is going to need to hear exactly what I have to say to give them that little bit of something they need to keep going. And I truly I get my fulfillment comes from contribution. It is the thing that I feel I've been uniquely created to do. And I, and it literally lights me up. But, but I think what you're saying is true where most people don't get it is our energy level is tied to the results and the outcomes of what we see. So it's like, I'll look at somebody, if they have five people on a live video and they show up very differently than if they have 500 people, right? I never did that. I mean, I literally showed up that first video to five, granted, I, I wasn't doing it the way I am, but I still had the same energy. I put my heart and soul into that and people got that. And that's the reason why we're able to build it and grow it so quickly. And I just think that when you're truly, another part of it, Colin, is this, I think you need to be connected to your message. I think you need to really have passion and purpose around what you're doing and teaching. I spent a long time in my business teaching people what they wanted me to teach them social media, gaming, Facebook algorithm, all this stuff that they were buying from me. And, you know, but, but I truly didn't feel 
like that I that, that that was what I've uniquely been created to do. So I think finding the uniqueness in your message and teaching something that's meaningful to you, that helps you in that area as well. You know, if I somebody asked me to train on LinkedIn today, I, I just couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to do it the way that I do this stuff because it's not something that like I just love. Like I would literally, the stuff I teach, I would talk about it for hours whether somebody paid me or not. Like I, it, I just, I'm so on fire about helping people in the areas that we do. So I think it's like a combination of all those things um, that, that, that kind of go into that. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> and I think, you know, I mean, you're in an industry where it can have a bad rap uh, on itself. This, you know, the multi-level marketing industry. I mean, Facebook doesn't, doesn't like multi-level marketing. No. Oh, trust you me, know. We, we know, I mean, our ads account is a reflection of that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But one thing that you like, what I love about what you're doing is you you really are bringing respect to that industry. And I know that, you know, people's intentions in that industry aren't bad at all. It's, yeah. you know, like, you know, the everyday person in that industry, their intentions are really good. And I, that's what I love about you. Like you bring that out of them. And so, but what I'm to reflect on what you're saying is like, what I'm hearing is you showed up like as if you had 500 people on there when you had five. Yeah. And, and what do you feel like, uh, so, you know, you're watching a lot of people in the expert industry. You, you probably just notice people doing things and building their business. What do you feel like uh, is lacking in a lot of people when it comes to actually building a message or a following? Like, what, what are you noticing that lacks? Well, you know, you can just tell someone when they got it and yeah. they, they, they just click into it. What, yeah. what do you notice about that? What's your reflections on it? I mean, to me, it's, there's a bunch of people, and, and we see this in my space too. We teach this to our students mm, that sure. are trying to build a brand is there's this like, there's this misconception that the way that, you know, you build a successful following or brand is you, you have to be like something to everyone. Hmm. And I think I just see a bunch of other people that are like doing, they see someone else being successful doing and saying something, and they just kind of become a copycat of that. But the problem is, is that they're not, they're, they're not really truly showing up in an authentic way where they're being really clear about what their values and beliefs are, right? They're, they're just trying, they're falling. It's just a bunch of white noise. They're afraid to truly own who they are and put that out there. And this was something I struggled with for a long time. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, like, you were, did you go through that as well? Because yeah, I, I, mean, we, I definitely did. I went through that. Hundred percent. I, I, my, the way I started it is, I just taught what everybody else did in the beginning, and I did it in my own unique way, and that was how I put my spin on it, right? But there were parts of kind of me that I was afraid to share with the world, and um, as the message evolved, and it became less about like, here's how you are become better at social media, and we shifted more into mindset and leadership. And over time, I stopped teaching. I understood my material so well. I stopped teaching what other people did and I started creating my own unique perspective on it. And that's where this thing that we teach called Love, Serve, Grow came into effect. Mm. But for me, there were parts of that message that were scary for me to share. So I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Mm. Um, you know, my, I'm very much a person that lives my life by my values and my priorities. Like I, yeah, I start with the end in mind. I know the kind of life that I want to create. I know the kind of life that I want to live. And it's really important to me. My priorities personally are faith, family, and freedom. So I want to, everything I do in my work for me personally, as a person of faith, I want to honor God. I want to um, build a business that, that my life doesn't serve my business, but my business serves my life. So I want true time freedom so that I can be, to me, it's more important to be a great dad and a great, fa a great father and a great husband than it is a successful entrepreneur. And then third is I want to build a business, a successful business, but I want it to truly give me the freedom to be able to live the kind of life I want. Now, the faith part for me was always something that I kept in private because I was always told a lot of the same things as, you know, you don't talk about things like religion and politics in your business. And I subscribed to that. I was afraid to talk about God and share my faith, even though I'm teaching this message called Love, Serve, Grow. That is a biblically based message that, you know, it, it was very clear to most people, like, this has got to be a person that's strong in his faith. But it just was never a part of the message because I was afraid to say that because I didn't want to turn people off. Mm. What wound up happening was I, you know, I really traded my authenticity for the approval of other people. But I got to a point where I'm like, if I truly want to live according to my priorities, and I want to really 
stop trying to be something to everyone and just be that person to the one that I'm looking for, we made a shift and it was not an easy thing to do. And we just look, I'm not like over the top, like I'm preaching to people, but I acknowledge that faith is an important part of our message. And, and we're looking for other people that, that are strong in that area. And what was interesting was as we began to do that, yes, we did have people in our, our community that were like, that's kind of weird. Like he's saying God now, and he never did that before. And like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And we probably lost people, but here's the thing. It didn't really matter to me. Because most people stayed because the message was still valuable. But what happened was we began to attract people that were out there that were desperately searching for a mentor in this space that they felt they aligned with in terms of their faith. So we started connecting with people at a level that was so much deeper than just giving them training to help them build a more profitable business. And it was in that that I realized that the more we're willing to just be ourselves. And not be apologetic about that and be willing to have us not be, you know, everybody's cup of tea. We wound up actually attracting and building an audience faster. And it's counterintuitive because you think, well, let me just cast the widest net so I can not turn anybody off. But in doing that, you wind up just not standing out. So I just think there's a lot of people out there that are just trying to fit in and do things the way they see other people doing it. But it's they're not connecting with people because they're lacking some of that other stuff. That's so true. So bringing authenticity of like who you are to your message. One thing I've noticed, uh, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this around, around niching. So because you, you serve the you know, multi-level marketing industry, which, which you could say it's a niche, but it's also massive. And I'm curious about how you, how you niche your message or, or, or even your audience yeah. Uh, like, and what's your philosophy around that? Because I know for me, it took me probably eight years to niche. Yeah. <laughs> if I was really honest. So yeah. I, how, how, how's that journey gone for you? Well, I started out uh, obviously teaching network marketing and I had a little bit of an identity crisis for a while. I'll be honest with you. After a couple of years of doing this, because I was just teaching everybody else's stuff and I wasn't really aligned with the message. Love Serve Grow wasn't even a thing yet for us. Mm-hmm. I started to really wonder like, do I really want to be known as a network marketing trainer? Right. Mm. So I started to try to venture out and do other stuff. I, you know, I started training real estate agents and everybody's like, you know, your message applies to anybody. And I did that a little bit and, and it just, it, it, it wasn't my thing. Dude, you would be a good real estate agent, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't my thing. And yeah, I was like, I, what I realized was these are the people that I want to serve. This is the profession that I love. I, and, and I believe in it, but, but I need to find my unique message. And so I started really working hard thinking about how am I going to be different? Because if I can't be different, if I can't teach things in a way that are fulfilling to me, I don't want to do it. And that's when I started coming up with the concept. We shifted into leadership and mindset because that's the stuff that I love talking about. So literally it was interesting is I just designed a business around what I wanted to teach. And then I just got good, really good at marketing and promoting it and got people to come want to get it from me. And um, so, so we kind of, I got clear, this is where I want to be, but the niche for us comes from the message. Our message is the thing that is a differentiator for us because in our space, most people think of it as a sales business. It is not a sales business. You can make money selling in network marketing, but you'll never build a real business that runs without you and gives you freedom selling. That only comes from serving. So we identified the key components of our message that make us different. And the three areas that we focus on with our framework are belief systems and leadership development. But because we talk about love and service, it's a very different message than what most people hear, which is all traditional sales-driven mm. tactics based in scarcity and fear, massive action, work harder, sacrifice your life to be successful. You either got to be a great mom or dad or a successful entrepreneur. This is what, these are the limiting beliefs that are fueled by the, the, the traditional training. And we said, well, we want to do, we want to be different. You know, I, I want to change the way that people think about and operate a business in our space. So our message literally became the way that we began to niche within that particular market because, because we're so clear in our values and our beliefs, it makes it easier for other people to find us that, that feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. How do you make your decisions? You, you talked about your values of faith, family, freedom. Talk, can you talk to us about how you make your decisions with that end in mind and some examples of that, what that looks like? 
Yeah, this 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 has been a, a long journey for me. But you know, when I first started my business, I said yes to everything. I mean, and you want, can, you, can you do this? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. Yes. I mean, I was, I ran myself ragged, but I needed to do that. This is what we need to do in the beginning. Like we're just, you know, we're taking any and every opportunity we can get. And things really changed for me when uh, the birth of my first son, I started to realize that I, you know, I, I can't do that anymore. Right. I want to be a dad. I can't be um, taking every single speaking engagement that comes up and traveling. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be there for my, uh, my, my son. And I wanted to be, uh, there as a husband to support my wife. And at the time I had a mastermind program that was, uh, contributing over a quarter of a million dollars a year in revenue to my business. Okay. And I was selling courses and I was doing lots of traveling and speaking. And I said, okay, this is not the kind of life that I want to live. Let me decide what I want my life to look like. And I said, okay, I would love to be able to build a business that pays me millions of dollars a year, but do it on my terms and work smarter, not harder, what would that look like? What decisions would I need to make? And the first decision I made was I got to get rid of the mastermind. Four retreats a year, high maintenance clients, paying a lot of money, a lot of expectations. I didn't like it. I didn't want it. wasn't for me. So I said, gone, right? And that was a big decision. Dude, for that's us. massive. Yeah. I mean, we, we just went through the same, same process last yeah. year. Yeah. And it was so releasing. Sorry, but keep going. Yes. No, so yeah. You, I mean, so it, it was scary them. for me. <laughs> but once again, I was like, you know, the thing about me is like, if I truly believe something's the right step to make, I'll just do it and I'll make it right. I, I, I might I, I might not know how to do it, but I'll figure it out. So I was like, okay, I don't want to, the problem in my business is we have, you know, these, we have this launch-based model where three, four times a year, I'm going crazy, ready to pull my hair out. And it's like these huge spikes in revenue, but then it's feast and famine. I'm like, how do I make my life not so stressful and have a little bit more of a recurring revenue? And I started a membership program yeah. and I wasn't trying to do that and not do that, but we just started it. We worked on it. We figured it out. Um, and then the other thing for me was I, I focused on building my team. Hmm. You know, I, I built a million dollar business and I was basically running it myself, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, that is crazy. Dude. My first event, I was filling out name tags an hour before people showed up. I mean, like it was hard for me to let go in the beginning. And um, I realized in order for me to not just be successful in business, but be a great father and a, and a husband, I needed to let go and empower other people. So I started focusing on finding people, great people that could help. And, uh, and that started the process. And today, every decision that I make, the question that I ask myself is, is this taking me further away from that vision of, you know, here's my vision. I'll tell you right now. I want to run an eight figure business working three days a week, not working weekends and being able to play golf two days a week with my two little boys. That's my vision. That's what I want. And everything I do is I ask myself, is this taking me closer to that? Or is this taking me further away? Every opportunity I get for speaking, anytime my team says, hey, we should do this. I say, hmm, should we really do it? Should we not do it? That becomes the context for me because I just truly have, I hold the belief that success is working smarter and that it, you don't necessarily have to trade off your life in order to scale your business if you are intentional about it. And that doesn't mean there aren't seasons. Like I'm going crazy right now because I'm all in on, on Clubhouse. Yeah. I'm going live on Clubhouse just like I did on Periscope every single morning, 9 to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. It's a huge investment of my time and energy, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make short term because I see an opportunity in the marketplace for us to find a new segment of people in our space. So I'll go through seasons where I'm kind of a little bit out of balance, but once again, I'm intentionally doing that. So I know there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel that will help me get back into the flow of where we want to be. Yeah. Like it's building towards where you want it to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what have been some of the, some of the most challenging moments in building your business? I would definitely um, building a team because, um, and it's something I still struggle with is being a, um, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to this. We're really good at giving advice, but it's a different thing to take it. 
So I teach leadership to people, but at times I struggle being a leader to my team. And, um, you know, so I think there's still some growth that I need to go through in order to get to that eight figure mark. And I recognize that, um, part of that is, is, um, letting go of control and not having to have things, you know, I, in the content that I create and what I do, I have such a high standard of how I yeah. want it to be. But at times, most of the time I am the bottleneck on our own business and uh, you know, God bless my team. They're amazing. I've been so lucky to, to find the people that I have, but I know I drive them crazy a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so it's how been, many people on your team at the moment? So we have four, we're pretty lean. We have four people on our team. Yeah. You got a really lean team and I know yeah. you probably have to stack, you know, stack that up a bit more. Yeah. To get so we to have, that we have a, I have a, I have an integrator who also is a director of sales. I have a um, social media manager. That's a marketing assistant, customer service manager that does community. And then a director of coaching that helps me with content and our coaching. Mm. And then obviously we have, you know, we have a half dozen or so contractors, yeah. but you know, we, we run pretty lean and, you know, we do, you know, we do multiple seven figures. And mm. um, so been really fortunate. I found good people. And, um, but, you know, leading them and, and learning how to scale a business is, is, is the current challenge that I'm facing. Um, in the early stages, I think it was really um, just finding the, you know, uh, clarifying my message. And I know this is one of the, uh, this is one of the reasons why I think what you do is so incredible because helping people get clarity in terms of what they actually want to do and say is such an important part of this process. Um, that was something in the early days that it took me time to figure out if I would have had a resource like you earlier on, it would have sped that process up for sure. Yeah. Cause I know, I think you, didn't you use some of the, the structures in? Yeah. Your, I mean, you, your, I, I get, you gave me your, your four, your webinar framework or your, yeah. your, the three, it was a three-part video. Yeah. The live launch series. Live launch that, series. Dude, that like changed my life. I mean, <laughs> being able to see it in that way, I'm like, this is so different than what I've done. Right. Like I, I've always been, so he, it's interesting here. I've, I'm probably not a really good salesperson if that's, if that's weird enough. Like I'm not, I'm never, I've never been intentional with selling. I always just show up and I just serve and I teach and I train. And I got mm. to a point where I realized that wasn't actually serving my audience anymore mm. because I was overwhelming them. Mm. And when it came to launches and stuff, we, we operate on free challenges a lot. So we're yep. about to kick off a five day free challenge. I was teaching them too much and they, and I, and they weren't joining my program, which I know was the best way that I could serve them because yeah. I was giving them too much. And so you introduced me to, to your framework and I was like, Oh, God, this is so different, but it makes so much sense. Like I remember the first time I did it, yeah. it felt so much better, right? Because it's like when you're doing that, when you're teaching, you can literally feel yourself being like, this is too, like, how are they going to even have time to buy my thing? And so like, that's like this year for me is I'm learning, trying to become a better marketer, which, mm. which kind of is weird to say, you know, after five years, but um you know, that's kind of one of the areas where I'm working on learning and growing. That's cool. That's cool. Um, what, what do you feel like the, like, what are you most excited about in your business at the moment? And you know, what is, what is that starting to evolve into? I would, the thing I'm most excited about is really the, um, is the results that we're getting our students now, quite mm -hmm. frankly. Um, we, we shifted, um, we shifted the focus of our training um, beginning of last year, part partially due to the circumstances of the world with COVID and, you know, people just really needing some more guidance when it came to mindset. What I started to understand is that was the area that we really had the ability to serve our students the best. And I hadn't yet done a good job of extracting that and giving it to them in our frameworks and our content. We started doing that towards the end of last year. And, um, the beginning of this year, we made some changes and, and we've had more success stories in the last three or four months than we've had in the last three or four years because of this. And what's and been the difference with that? You said like, so we focus on, we focus on belief. Yeah. So we, we get people to understand that belief is literally the source of every problem they have in their life. Overwhelm, confusion, fear, time management, inconsistency, self-sabotage. They're all belief issues. Every single problem you have is stems from a lack of belief. And most people, they either don't realize it or they think they're good. Like so many times people will tell me, well, I'm good in the mindset area. I just don't have the results. And I'm like, well, then you're not good in the mindset area. 
It's impossible to have strong belief and not have the results. Dude, that is so good. Right? I mean, it's- <laughs> I've it's got impossible. the mindset right, but I'm just not yeah. saying the results. You know, I'm, like- I'm doing my uh, affirmations and I'm manifesting and I read a book, I'm good. I'm like, you're not good. <laughs> Right. So You're not good. Good. But most people don't understand what belief is. Hmm. They don't know how to build it. So we actually created a framework, a step-by-step framework to help them build belief. And what I found was like, this is 90%. When I go and I look at our Facebook group today, 90% of the posts are people talking about red light stories. This is what we call limiting beliefs, hmm. sharing their, 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 you know, their, their, their worksheets that we've created for them, helping them change what we call their core story, which is their belief in themselves. Like that's all people talk about. Now. That's cool. And that's all the coaching that I do. And I love it. And that's what I'm most excited about is, is being totally aligned with what, what I get to talk about every single day and how we get to help people. Cause I know this is really where we help people transform. Like all the business strategy stuff is great and we provide tons of value there, but without the mindset piece, none of that makes a difference. So it's, it's just, it, it's finally creating a framework that I know, like I've never been more confident in what we do. And what's interesting is, um, I don't know that I've ever been that way in the last four years. Like I, I'll straight up, like, like I truly believe the, the most important thing I have to tell somebody to do is you got to join my program. You know, we're on coaching on clubhouse every day. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, your problem is you're not in my program. <laughs> dude, I feel exactly the same. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> so it's such true. a cool place to be from where you're just yeah. like, and you know, I wasn't <laughs> like, always that way. Like, I wasn't I had- always I went to a, my my a friend's of daughter's birthday party the other day, and we just got chatting with a dad who was there, and and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm wanting to learn how to do webinars and start speaking." I'm like, "You need to join my program, man." And yeah. he, he literally joined the week after. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like random. It was so yeah. Funny. And, and but Colin, here's the thing: part of that though, like let's be honest, you can't be lazy with what you're putting out into the world. Mm. You know, you, you can't mail it in. Like, you want to know the reason why you like you're successful and I'm successful because we've never mailed it in. Like I obsess mm. over our product. Mm. I mean, I had, a, I had, a, I had a, we talk about my team killing me. I, we had a membership, a seven figure membership after one year that I totally scrapped and changed the format of because I saw too many people coming in and getting overwhelmed. So we completely, after year one, we completely changed the format year two. And then we built that to multiple seven figures. And it was that way for two years and we plateaued and we got stuck. Now, a lot of people would be like, dude, multiple seven figure membership. I don't really have to do much. Let's go. But I'm like, no, because I knew there was another level that we could go to in helping people. So we literally completely changed. Like, you know, I've told you this, like I'm talking about, it's not a recurring membership anymore. So like literally we went from like, you know, $57 a month forever. And then when you stop paying us, you lose access to in the beginning of this year, we completely changed it. It's not $57 a month anymore. It's, it's 12 payments of 97 or one payment of 697. And then you get lifetime access. So I literally have, I have, I think we had like 1500 people paying us $57 a month that after December will not be paying us anymore. So I have 12 months literally to replace that revenue, but I was so sure that the changes that we were were making were what we needed to make in order to help more people. And I always believed I help more people. I'll never have to worry about myself. Dude, this is why I love you because I feel like you, you really are one of those people who, when you believe something, you go all in on it and, and you do it for the right intentions. It's not just to make more money. It's actually to, produce a better product, a better experience for the audience. And I think that I feel like, you know, there are, you know, in this expert industry, first of all, there's a low barrier to entry. So it's pretty easy to get started. But I feel like so many people are flash in the pans. They disappear very quickly because they don't obsess around solving the problem for their clients effectively. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been the number one focus of mine is, how can we just, how can we help more people create results faster with less overwhelm? Mm. And, you know, and it's just, it's been a step and it's taken me five years to get to this point. I mean, it's literally taken me five years to truly have the confidence and belief that every single person in the world that's it doing what we do needs to be in our program. And um, could I have gotten there sooner? Yeah, I think so. 
but I got there when I needed to get there. And I think, but the, the lesson that I would, would be able to learn is be proud of what you put out into the world. Like be proud, like really, if, if you're truly coming from a place of service, you're always asking yourself, how can I do better by my customer? Listen to your customers. Your customers will tell you what needs to change in your programs if you care enough to listen to them. You know, watch what they're doing, watch what they're saying as they, as they cancel and as they leave and, and, and pay attention. And listen, don't, don't, be, don't have such an ego that you don't think that you, can, you, you can't get better or that there isn't value in, in the feedback from somebody that's gone through your stuff. And that's just been something we've always prided ourselves on, on, on making that a priority. And, um, and I believe it's helped us get to the point where I think we've got you know, the premier offer in our space without a doubt. I love that. I love that belief. It's, you know, and I know it's true. And also it is, it starts as a belief and then yeah. it becomes true as well. Yeah. Uh, Cause you create from that space. I, here, here, I, let me let's say this though, because here's the other thing I, because I feel like there, I feel like there'll be somebody listening to this right now. That's just starting out hmm. that will hear that as like, okay, let me spend the next year overthinking my stuff before I put it out into the world. Like you can't do that in a laboratory. The only way your, your offer will get better through future iterations once you have students go through the product. So don't be afraid to put something out there that you don't feel is great. Just put something out there that you know is good enough at that time so you can make it better because you're never gonna make it great on your own. You've got to have the feedback of other people. So you gotta start where you are, but make that a priority for you is create something that's world-class in your space and have the confidence to literally be able to tell some dude at a party that you're at, you need to join my program. That, that to me is ultimately what separates the good from the great. Yeah. I love that distinction. And, and that's so true is that, that it's not about obsessing on your product to a point of procrastination, because that's just really putting yourself first instead of your audience. It's, it's doing what you need to do to get your product out there, to get the feedback that you need to then iterate on it and refine it and, and so forth. And I think that's why beta programs are so good and yep. testing out things and, and stuff like that. What's I want to know what's your philosophy and how has your philosophy changed around money? Like how do you view making money, allowing money to come into your life, you know, as you've grown even in your network marketing and then moving into this this expert space? Like what do you believe about money? Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. I think one of the most important things um so literally everything that I teach, all my answers that I give the questions, I bring back to our framework, Love, Serve, Grow, because it is the guiding principle for my life. And for a long time, I had what, what, what we refer to as a capacity to have in my life, right? I had um, limiting beliefs about myself, um, which led me to have limiting beliefs around money and success that um, kind of became like the ceiling on the amount of success that I allowed myself to have. And anytime I had even a little bit above that, I'd always go into self-sabotage mode and figure out a way to bring it back to the results that I thought I was worthy of. Hmm. Part of the issue that I had in a business like this was um, struggling with this idea of wanting money and success just for the sake of having it. Um, on some level, it felt a little selfish to me. It felt kind of unfulfilling. I found that the more money I made, it never really gave me what I wanted, which was just to feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. So I figured that I had to find a way to look at money differently. And here's how we look at it differently today. And this is what we teach all of our students. Success is not an outcome. It's not an achievement. It's not a certain amount of money or a certain amount of sales. Success is service and growth. The amount of money that you make is the scoreboard for the amount of lives that you are changing and how you're growing as an individual in your business. See, if, if our definition of success shifts from something outside of us, something we have to achieve, which by the way, we ultimately have no control over directly. You can't control if somebody says yes or no, right? You can't control if somebody buys or returns. All you can ever control and the, and the question that we challenge our students to ask every day is are you showing up from a place of love and, and, and belief and using that as the foundation to serve so that you can grow and become better? Because here's the powerful part about service. Every single act of service, no matter how small, and how I define service, by the way, because I haven't shared this and we've talked a lot about service. My definition of service is adding value to the life of someone else by helping them solve a problem. So you have to stop thinking of yourself as a salesperson and you truly have to become a paid problem solver. And every single act of service, when we're truly focused on helping someone else, it affirms our sense of self-worth. 
So our, we grow in that area, but it also helps us grow. Service helps you grow. See, we grow through failure. The problem is most people are failing, but they're failing from fear, not love. When you, fare, when you fail from fear, you'll look at failures as meaning you are a failure. You'll always attach yourself to the failure. You won't learn the lesson that failure has to give you, which is helping you grow and become better. See, when you fail from love through service, it accelerates the process of you learning and growing. You become a better version of yourself. And then here's the powerful part about this, the way the framework works. As you grow, you have a greater capacity to show love to yourself and others and serve. And it's just this beautiful kind of cyclical thing. So to me, money, I don't pursue money for the sake of money. We have big financial goals. Like I, we have a revenue goal every quarter in our business. But I set the revenue goal, and then the next question that I ask myself is if, if success is defined by service and growth, and I know that that, goal, that number will only come as a byproduct of me doing those two things, what would that look like every day in my business? How many people would we need to serve in this quarter? How many, new how many people would we need to get into our program and help them get results? When it comes to the grow part, here was the big question I had to ask myself, because we have a goal this year to um, more than double our revenue from last year, big goal. And I knew that that was gonna require something different from me. So I said, okay, Bob, what are you gonna do different in the business this year? How are you gonna grow? Now, what I identified for me was Clubhouse. So I started doing Clubhouses every single day, which was kind of scary for me because I never done anything like that before. And it requires a lot of my time and effort, but that's how I showed up differently in my business. And then every day, I just think of that. Am I serving? Am I growing? And if I did, I'm successful. And what's interesting is this. When you finally learn how to release your attachment to the outcomes and the results of your business, it's amazing how quickly those things begin to show up. Because when you're, focused, when you're focused on serving and growing, you'll start really truly putting more of yourself into the work that you do. You won't hold back for the fear of it, of falling short, making that mean that you're just not good enough. And when you're focused on service, you will extend yourself beyond what's comfortable to you because you're not focusing on yourself anymore. You're truly focusing on helping. You'll start doing things you've never done before. You won't struggle with inconsistency like you have in the past. Inconsistency is a belief problem. When you're focused with for on service, you'll be you you won't need to find motivation. You'll be driven with inspiration every day of going out and helping because you'll truly begin to love the work that you do and find that sense of purpose that we're talking about. And if every single day, what I tell myself, I say, Bob, if every day at the end of the day, if you feel good about the fact that you served and you did your best to grow, then you are a success. And if that number comes at the end of the quarter, amazing. If it doesn't, that's fine because I'm not going to attach myself to that. And I know that if I grow to my greatest capacity in this first quarter, it's just giving me a foundation to do even better on the next quarter. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, money is just a reflection of that. That's mm -hmm. all it is. And I don't, I, I, I don't have an issue around money anymore. Um, a lot, we work with a lot of very successful people in this space. One of the things I hear from them a lot is they're like, I struggle with my vision for my life because I feel it's selfish to want more because we have everything we need. And I say, well, if you shift to service, the question you ask yourself is what's that next level of contribution you want to go to in your life? And to me, that work is never done. There's always more lives to change. There's always more problems to solve. And I think that like that kind of ambition is so much more powerful because you're ambitious around things that are really meaningful, which is around purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like getting for the sake of getting. Yeah, that's so true is, is, is when I look at it, Anyone who's kind of hit that level of, hey, we've got enough, we can go on a great holiday, we've got a nice house, we've got, we can do whatever we want. But then it's like, it, it, if you don't move to that place of contribution, which I think it should be at the start, but it's yeah. like, for the, you can tell those people who really are like, it's about the service because you know, even the people who sell, you know, they'll sell a, a company for a hundred million dollars and then they want to start another one straight again, straight away, because yep. it wasn't about the money. It was actually about the, the experience of contribution and service and creation. And I, I love that. I love the, the mindset shifts. And I'm, I, what, I, what I really love, I, I can hear that you've spent the time as well around your content to really work out and this is one of my obsessions especially with our academy students is like working out the words to describe what they do so like yeah. how you said red light like red lights core stories you know uh, all those sort of like the language that creates the culture in 
in the uh, in the product uh, just really amplifies the experience. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this, Colin, because this is a newer thing for us. Um, the end of last year, um, I'll give a shout out because I know you know him as well. I bought um, Brandon Lucero's program, Video 4X yeah. Effect. Yeah, which which was was really really powerful, and I started really studying messaging more. And what I realized was is that I didn't know how to explain to people what we did. I, I just didn't. It, it we were so. What was interesting? This would be valuable for I think for anybody's listening. My membership is called the Legacy Leadership Academy. Okay, and um, for years I talked about legacy leadership but I wasn't really sure how to explain that to people. And I could tell people weren't really connecting with it. Mm-hmm. Love, Serve, Grow was like, like a, something that was under the umbrella of legacy leadership that like, if you got into the program, we kind of talked about, but it wasn't a framework and I didn't really know how to explain it. What I started to realize was the brand message isn't like legacy leadership. The brand message is love, serve, grow. Because that actually doesn't even really technically need much of an explanation in and of itself. People can say yes. So I really started identifying, okay, this needs to become the forefront of the messaging. How would I build the messaging around that? And that's when I started to really figure out how do I explain this to people? And this is only a shift that we've made really since like the third quarter of last year. Oh, so that's new. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like really me being able to just tell you what love, serve, grow is at the drop of a hat. And yeah, every single thing I say now, it goes back to the framework. When did you print the shirt? Cause you were uh, wearing a love so we shirt. Start, we printed shirts. Yeah, we printed shirts. Um, <laughs> we had shirts for like last year. It was always like a, a brand phrase, but it was not anything we ever talked about. And when I turned it into a framework and I, and I, and I, I figured out everything that I was teaching, but I brought it into a way that was easy for me to explain. I mean, it's like our, it, it was like crazy how different people started responding to our brand. Like I never had somebody say, I want my team to be legacy leadership. All the time I have people say, I want love, serve, grow to be the way that I build my business. That's interesting. So what I'm hearing is even listening to your audience and saying, what are the words that they're saying about your yeah. program? Yep. And that's going to give you a clue in terms of messaging and marketing your programs. It's just, it's figuring out how do you explain what you do in a way that, that makes it clear that you're different. And yep. we started shifting third quarter of last year. And I don't think it's a coincidence that literally the last two quarters have been the two consecutive best quarters we've ever had in Mm. business. And, um, you know, what I notice is um, for five years, I could have given a sales presentation and have not one of them be even the same. Mm. Like when I would do it, like a sales presentation for me is, is like literally was just me training for 30 minutes. And at the end, just mentioning my program. And I would say something different every single time, just off the cuff. And what I realized was, is I actually wasn't serving people Mm. because my message wasn't repetitive enough to where it would actually begin to sink in and they would grab it. And I started getting clear on the message and I started teaching and now it's everything just goes back to love, serve, grow, and then join LLA, love, serve, grow, join LLA. And it's like, because we've gotten really good in that area, that's when things have just absolutely taken off for us. It all comes back to that one framework that it's just, how do you, do you have a framework? Can you explain it to people in a way that makes sense why it should be valuable to them? And I went five years without knowing how to do that. Mm -hmm. And we figured that out. And it's like the, the trajectory of the business now is it's, it's so different than it was the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. Yeah. It makes it so much easier to articulate, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's why, I mean, that's why I always think you talk about the sales presentation. Uh, I, I, so many times my students ask me, Colin, do I have to design a new webinar presentation every time? I'm like, dude, no, you deliver the same presentation yes. on new audiences sometimes, but it's yes. the same presentation tweaked, refined over and over again. So you only need one good one. And yeah. that's a, that's a million dollar business. It's so important. And I didn't get that for so long. Like on Clubhouse, I will like literally straight up say almost the same thing every single day when people are asking me questions, but people still show up every day to hear me say it, right? Because they either hear it differently or I I put a little new wrinkle into it. But what's interesting is on Clubhouse, it's been cool because every day I'll have people message me that will say, hey, I heard you mention LLA or I heard you talking to someone else. Can you send me the link? I want to join that program. Wow. 
but it's like just through repetition and yeah. reinforcement. And that's the thing that finally gets at this. Cause most people out there, they don't have an information problem. They have an execution problem. Hmm. They've got too much information in their heads. They know too much stuff. And if we're the one that just keeps giving them more and more stuff, then we're not leading them to the transformation, which we know only comes through the transaction and then buying. And that's the point that I'm at now is I can give you good stuff. You can listen to my, And I even tell you, I'm like, look, you listen to my podcast for the next 15 years. You ain't going to get what you want until you join my so program. True. Yeah. Right. But it's like, but once again, it's yeah. just hear, having them hear you say that. Yeah. Yeah. I always say they have a decision problem. Yes. Is they, they don't need information. They, they, they need decision. Yeah. I like um, that. And so you might hear me say that on Clubhouse soon, just to have Oh, there we go. Well, <laughs> I listened to one of your Clubhouse before. It Consider was awesome. that one stolen. <laughs> ah, do it, mate. Do it. Go for it. Just preach it. Uh, final question for today is uh, you get to the end of your life and your friends, your family, clients are standing around talking about Bob. What would be your hope that they would be? That would be saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I mu it's much more important to me to be remembered for the quality of my character and who I was in, in terms of what I've done for other people than it is the accomplishments of my life. And I think this is this once again is a big thing that we teach with with Love Serve Grow is that your legacy is really made up of all the small, sometimes seemingly insignificant moments of impact and contribution that you make in the lives of other people. And how I want to be remembered truly, like you know, I got to be on brand. I want to be remember as somebody that loved and served and grew, you know, that really cared the people that, um, that mattered to me the most, it was clear to them. And they know that, 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 that I did love them. And, and I also, I want my impact to be measured through, um, the results of other people who were able to help, mm. you know, cause that's really where all, all fulfillment in life comes through service. All our connection comes through service. And, um, that's what I want to be remembered. I'll tell you the thing, like one of the additional things that's really cool for me that, um, I'm really present with, especially like with the podcast and our YouTube channel and stuff that there's, there's going to be a day where my children's children are going to be listening to my podcast and watching my YouTube videos. Like it's crazy. My kids are four and one. Yeah. And I think about like, this stuff's going to always be here. Like there's never been another generation that we can say, like literally our content is part of our legacy. And it's, it's so, it's so cool to me to think that some of the things that I've learned during my lifetime that I can impart um, is going to shape generations of our family to come. Like this is your great grandpa's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like instead of, instead of like having the old painting of me, like, you know, yeah. the oil painting with the smoking jacket in the pipe, like I'm still going to be listening to my, like, Hey, that's, he's the reason why we have what we have today. Like they'll be able to listen to my podcast or maybe, I don't know, maybe voice isn't even a thing a hundred years. I don't know, but they'll just, I'll be, we'll be like telepathically receiving the pie. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's under, it's knowing that a decision that I made, so like, you know, I, a decision that I made one day at a marking an event in Florida to get over my own fear and, and self-doubt as to whether I could do this and actually start is literally going to change my family's life for generations to come. That's pretty freaking amazing if you think about it like that. Mate, it's beautiful. Love it. So where would, uh, if people want to connect with you, if they're in the network marketing space or they want to learn, learn from you, what's, what's the best space to connect with you on? Yeah, so we create all of our content under the uh, the name Your Virtual Upline. Your Virtual Upline. Uh, the podcast is called the Your Virtual Upline Podcast. The podcast is probably my favorite thing to do in terms of our free content. Um, we got over 250 episodes, um, two new mm -hmm. episodes a week. And all my social channels are Your Virtual Upline. Um, Clubhouse and Instagram is where I spend most of the time now, so you can yeah. find me there. And um, yeah, so that'd probably be the best place to connect with me. So good. And we'll link, link all that up in the show notes. Bob, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, I appreciate our friendship and I'm excited for your next season as your life continues to unfold. And, and it's just, uh, it's great having people like you in my life and having people like you, you know, represented in this expert industry. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, brother. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? 
Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.